Church, we want to be family, and we want to be discovering Jesus together. So I want to give you a really warm welcome, even if you know nothing about Jesus, or you've been trying to know Jesus for a long time, you are really welcome this morning. Sometimes we get a bit disheartened, maybe it's the weather, sometimes the weather we've had has been quite amazing, hasn't it? Sometimes we get disheartened with the struggles in life, and all of us have them. Sometimes we get disheartened because of, well, Brexit, politics, blah, you know, it's just there, isn't it? And um, sometimes as Christians, we get sort of run down with all these things, and there's a lack of hope in our lives. And I saw this video recently, and it really spoke to me. I thought it'd be helpful for us to see. really spoke to me um, um, as a Christian I thought as Christians we really have hope I'm really convinced of that so many reasons and therefore things can change in our lives and our situations because God is a God of hope I think it was last weekend Esther Champion spoke about her testimony about how she was a broken lady at the age of 21 and how Jesus began to change her into somebody completely different. I think it was three weekends ago we saw a video of why did Jesus die, the alpha video, and there was this hardened prisoner, I can't remember what his name was, but he was changed from an angry, broken person by giving his life to Jesus into a person of love and transformation and a family man. Jesus has incredible power. There is good news of hope in what we have in Jesus. I'm absolutely convinced of that. When we're in this series in Acts, looking at the early followers of Jesus, I think they were absolutely convinced that there was power in the name of Jesus, that there was hope, that there was good news, because something had stepped into this world and changed it. The world was a different place because of Jesus. So let's read from Acts chapter 10. And um, a bit of background. It's about a Roman centurion called Cornelius. He'd seen a vision of an angel... And God and that angel had told him to go and find Simon Peter. And then Simon Peter had had a vision as well, saying, you can mix with Jews, but also non-Jews, Gentiles. 
And so when Cornelius' messengers came to him where he was in Joppa, he immediately said, I will go with you people to see Cornelius. So let's read. The next day, Peter started out with the messengers of Cornelius and some of the believers from Joppa went along. The following day he arrived in Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. And as, and as, he came, as, as Cornelius met him, he fell at his feet in reverence. And Peter said, stand up, stand up, I'm only a man myself. While talking with Peter, went inside and found a large gathering of people. Oh, my God, to do it. Yeah, we're going to do it. Okay. Is that right? Yep. And um, while talking with them, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, You are well aware that it is against our law for Jews to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has showed me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. May I ask you why you sent for me? Here we go. Cornelius answered, Three days ago I was in my house praying at this hour. At three in the afternoon, suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayers and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send to Joppa for Simon, who is called Peter. He is a guest in the home of Simon the Tanner, who lives by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and it was good of you to come. Now we're all here in the presence of God to listen to everything the Lord has commanded you to tell us. I don't quite, I don't think you've probably had the preparation of an angel and then sending, but if you could try, it'd be really lovely if you could really listen to me like that this morning. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? And um, then Peter began to speak to them. And the message version says, Peter fairly exploded with good news. I now realise how true it is that God does not show favouritism but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what it has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went round doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging on him on a cross. But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us, who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who'd heard the message. 
The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can say if they're being baptised with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptised in the name of Jesus. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. I'm going to read a little bit from a, a book called The Wind in the House of Islam. God had a vision, a vision came to Cornelius that brought him to faith. And God is doing exactly the same today. And in this book, The Wind in the House of Islam, how God is drawing Muslims around the world to faith in Christ. There's some lovely stories in here of God, what God is doing. Just one bit about Iran. <clears throat> Even more significant than Iranians yearning for freedom or their disdain for the Islamic State. The single most important factor in the spread of the gospel in Iran has been encounters with the living person of Jesus Christ. Some meet him through dreams or visions, others through healings or answered prayers. God is touching lives. Story of Ali Akbar. Because I was a leader in our house church, I was arrested. They interrogated me so severely that my stomach began to bleed and my blood pressure dropped. I was rushed to hospital where the doctor said I would die. They couldn't give me a blood transfusion because my blood pressure was so low they couldn't get the needle into a vein. Then suddenly I felt, a very, I felt very warm like a fire was in my body. My blood pressure became normal again. And the Muslims believed that Hussein had healed me. They were shocked. They were, so sh they were really shocked by that healing, but they sent him home. In the elevator, as I was leaving the hospital, I saw a vision of a man in a long white gown. I thought I was delirious. Later, though, my mother saw Jesus too. And he said to her, I have saved your son. And so she, she had faith and all their family came to faith in Jesus. God is still speaking in people's lives. The gospel is powerful. The gospel is good news. The gospel is transformational for all kinds of people. The word gospel or good news in Greek actually wasn't a Christian word. It was a, it was a word that the Romans used. It was a word that was in secular use. When emperor had won some battle and they would send messengers throughout the country, they would say, good news, good news. The emperor has won a battle in some country and he, he was victorious. They would go out and do that. And the Christian deliberately borrowed that word, not because... Jesus had brought some philosophy or some kind of morality, but Jesus had actually stepped into history. The good news of Jesus was based on an event, just like a battle won. It was based on the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was something that was tangible and real. I don't know whether you noticed in the reading, but when Peter talks, he says to Cornelius and his friends, he says, you know something 
about John the Baptist. You know something about Jesus. It was something that they would have known. And, he's, and he gives more information into that. It was a reality. But this good news was a good news of a message of peace. A message of hope. As I said, the message version puts it a bit like this. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. Well, it was an amazing opportunity to talk, wasn't it? He'd been invited to come, but he exploded with the good news. And the message goes on like this. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favourites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he's doing it everywhere and among everyone. See, peace is not just an absence of war, but putting everything in its place. All is well, good relationship with God, good relationships with one another, good, good relationships with myself. God putting creation back together as it was meant to be. That's what the peace is meaning. That's good news, isn't it? You know, we're familiar with the message of Christmas. The host of angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace and, and earth, peace to men on whom his favour rests. God is wanting to bless all people with his favour. Whether it's somebody from Islam in a far country. Whether it's um, a 21-year-old student like Esther. Whether it's a criminal. Whether it's an atheist professor of English. Paul Langham, vicar of Christ Church, I heard him say this story that happened in his church. He said that there was this retired English professor who'd grown up all his life, or work all his life, in this English department that was heavily atheistic. He heard the, the youth band playing in Christ Church. He came to the foyer, and suddenly he found, it, found himself at the front of the church, weeping and believing in God. He wasn't weeping because of the music, by the way, but he was meeting because he had an encounter with God. See, God, the good news of Jesus Christ, is good for everybody. Two weekends ago, I went to Cornwall, and we, where Sue's from, and we went to a non-Christian's wedding. Sue, my wife. And I left the weekend rejoicing in how Jesus, the message of Jesus, had brought great love joy, hope and peace in my life. And there's a whole story there. And that song we sang, I have lived in the goodness of God. All my life you have been faithful. I will sing of your goodness. That could have, that absolutely summed up what I was thinking. There were so many things that were buzzing in my head. So many experiences that I could say, yes, yes, I believe this stuff. It is so good news and it is, I look back over the 40 years of being a Christian and I really wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else. Here in your love, here in your love, no place I'd rather be. You know, such is the, the beauty of knowing Jesus. But one of the blockers we have for, for many of us and, and, and for non-Christians is, is suffering, isn't it? Is God really good? 
And Peter actually tells us here, I think, that God is good and Jesus is good. Peter tells us that Jesus is Lord. And Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. In other words, if you want to know what God is like, look at Jesus. Acts 10 verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all excuse me, who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. This is Peter's summary statement of... Um, of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many commentators say that the way he's constructed this bit in Acts just mirrors Mark's gospel that Peter was dictating to, to Mark. But this is his summary statement about Jesus do, going around doing good. And if Jesus is revealing God, we can know that truly that God really is good. And we struggle with the idea of suffering and problems and issues. But here we see a hint of where our problems really come from. Because Peter says that the problems, the suffering, is because of the devil. Because, of the, because they were under the power of the devil. That's why we have problems and issues in our lives. It's not because God has wanted you to have a problem. Wanted you to have a mess. Wanted you to struggle. That's why Jesus is coming and undoing all the mess of the devil and the problems. And, of course, not every sickness is caused by, a, if you like, a demonic spirit. I don't think Peter's saying that, is he? What he's saying is the world is broken. And it's broken because of the infiltration of evil into the world. And that's why we have mess. That's why we have problems in our world. It's not because, because God is not good. God is good. And the mess in the world is down to the brokenness of our lives and our individual choices and so on. When I spoke last time and, and previous times, I've often mentioned about how God graciously used Sue and I to bring healing to people in South Africa. And, but what I didn't say was that there was one township we went to where... We were praying for people and then suddenly in front of me there was this old lady who had this incredible, horrible skin condition and she said it was all over her. And we prayed for her and nothing seemed to happen at all. But I was thinking and I thought I was praying and I said and I knew that God is good because when I look at Jesus he is always good. And then I prayed and, and, I, and I had this picture of heaven. I could see that Jesus was there. And I believe that he was crying over her. He was weeping over her brokenness and her pain and her difficulty. It wasn't really what he wanted for her, that she was in that kind of state. And I think that's exactly how we are in our lives when we struggle. You see, God's good kingdom, his peace, the, the event that has changed the world, has not quite fully come into our world yet. And therefore we live with this tension between the goodness of God and his kingdom coming and his rule and this broken, fallen world in which we live. Peter 
was bursting with good news, wasn't he? That's what he was out, because something had changed. The message of Jesus Christ was good. But then he goes and spoils it, doesn't he, in verse 42. He says, um, he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. Look. Do we want that? Well, we do want Hitler to be judged, don't we? Or Stalin, or perhaps the Manchester concert bomber, and so on and so on. We want these people to be judged. If there is no God, and there is no afterlife, then these people will get away with it. That's it. But if there is a God, and he is good, then he will want to bring justice into the world and into our situations. And probably at the time when Peter was describing to Cornelius, they would have been well aware of injustice in their world. The Romans were brutal. There would be an injustice and poverty. And so the idea of a God who was going to bring justice was good news to them. And I think it's good news to us too today that God is just just and will bring judgment. But what about me? How does that make me stand? I well remember as a 15-year-old on the side of a mountain thinking, now, I shouldn't really have come this way, but if I slip and fall, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know whether I'm going to be with God or not if I die. And I thought it wasn't so much because I'd murdered It wasn't so much, yes, I lied, sure I had. I'd done things wrong. I had done some things wrong. But it was more than that. It was actually I had really lived my life for me. I hadn't loved the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. I'd lived for me pretty well entirety. And I I had no confidence that God would forgive me and that I was welcome into his new world. I had no confidence. But the great news that Peter then comes on with verse 43 is he says that everyone who believes in Jesus will be forgiven. And it was just a couple of months later that I got to that place where I realised that on the cross, God forgave me. He saw all my life and all the mess I'd done and how I'd not wanted him. And he said... He absorbed that upon the cross and forgave me for everything I had done. And then there was peace. And I was brought into that relationship with him. It's really very simple. All we need to do is to believe in Jesus. And he will bring us into a relationship with him. But God was doing so much more on the cross. I believe, which I don't quite have time to fully go into this morning, but I think he was, he was transforming, transforming individuals and people, setting people free. But actually he was beginning to put his whole creation right again. Just as the message version says, that he, God was putting everything right. I've interrupted myself there. I've inter- you probably thought, what's going to happen now? Well, actually at this point of the talk, when Peter was talking about Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit interrupted him. Did you notice that? The Holy Spirit just came on. Wouldn't it be fantastic if the Holy Spirit came on us and interrupted us and, and began to touch us? And I think he is actually. We may just not know it. He is here. And he's wanting to touch our lives this morning, without a doubt. He is. And I think, for me, that's good news. That the very presence of God is wanting to come in me and touch me and help me and strengthen me. In some ways, that event was unique. In some ways, that event was special. That the Holy Spirit came on these non non-Jews, these Gentiles. While Peter was sp still speaking, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who'd come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. It was a remarkable moment. Because the Jews had this mindset that actually the gospel, the good news, was just for them. It wasn't really for the non-Jews. So they had something special, really had to happen there and then, so that they would really know that the Gentiles were meant to be part of this big thing that God was doing. So there was something uniquely special. But I think there's things that are not special. God is still wanting to touch us with gifts of the Holy Spirit, even tongues. But this morning I want us to grasp the idea that actually God wants to touch us more with his Holy Spirit than we have yet allowed. He has so much more that he is wanting to do as a good, good father, wanting to give to his people. For me, the idea and concept and experience of the Holy Spirit, that God has been with me through all my life's up and downs, has been incredibly good news. Incredibly good news. So where do we land with all this? For one thing, God is has stepped into history and he is bringing in his peace. He is bringing in his kingdom. It's not all here yet, is it? There's a war on between the good God, Jesus, and Satan and his works. That's why there is things, there's a tension, there's a problem. The things are not quite working out as we might want them to. But we individually can step inside of that peace. And that incredible moment of good news. And maybe for some of us, the next step is baptism just like it was for them. They, they found Jesus. And if you've never been baptised, that's a really wonderful thing to do. That really is the next step. And maybe some, for some of you this morning, you're really struggling with life and you're really not convinced that God is good. But he, I, want to, I want to encourage you that he really is good. Christian, and, and I think Jesus weeps for you in your struggle and in your problems. He cares. He actually has felt your feelings. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Whatever you're feeling, our God feels that. He did it on the cross and he loves you. A Christian minister was praying at the end of the service for this man that had come up. And he felt that God said to him, um, 
tell him that I'm smiling at him. And as he told him, this man began to cry. I would have thought it was good news, but anyway. He began to cry, and the reason was because this man for ten weeks had been asking God, do you smile at me? Do you love me? Some of us just aren't convinced. But I want to tell you this morning, God in Jesus loves us and wants to welcome us and to know him personally. That's what he's like. That's what he's revealed as. And some of us are, are so struggling that we, um, you know, life really gets us down, it gets on top of us. We've got so many problems and issues that we lose sight of the beautiful good news that we have in Jesus. And something I've been doing recently is I've written down all those experiences, well, I've written down something like 10 experiences of where I've really felt God move in my life. And I've begun to make it a discipline of, of thinking those through and meditating on those things. And that's begun to transform me a little bit about how God is good and how he is wonderful. And I really would encourage you to do that. To intentionally think about what God has done in your life. So that we, even I, would be bursting with good news. Bursting with the good news of Jesus Christ. And this morning I just want to end now with this thought. Very briefly. God is good. And he wants to give good gifts to his children. That's what it says in Luke. So he wants to give his Holy Spirit to us. Even today, he, doesn't, he, did, he didn't stop when we became a Christian. He didn't stop when you experienced the Holy Spirit. He wants to give good gifts to his children even today. And he wants to anoint us with his Holy Spirit, just like he did Jesus. How God anointed Jesus Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. God is wanting to put his spirit in us. So as we close, I want us to do a little exercise. I want you to close your eyes if you feel able. And um, I want you to do this ancient exercise of centering. Where you put your palms down and palms up. Okay, that's what we, it's called. Palms down, palms up. Uh, two children were talking, they were saying, why is it the Christians hold up their hands in worship? It's, and one of the children said, um, it's so that they can catch the gifts that God wants to give them. God is wanting to do that. But first I want you to put your hands down on your, on your knees, your lap. And particularly if you're in struggling, I want you to give that pain to God it's not from him it's not from him I want you to realise that and whatever you're worried about I don't want you to go digging around for stuff but the stuff comes to mind I want you just to give it to him because he cares for you
Some of you have suffered grief and loss and struggle and disappointment in God. He's wanting you to give that to him. Maybe forgive somebody. And then I want you to put your palms up and receive from him. And some of you need to see the face of Jesus. That is smiling at you. Rejoicing over you. Comforts you with his love. And is singing over you. That's what Zephaniah says. Some of you need to realise that he, just like the prodigal God, the prodigal father, that he just welcomes you as you are. We all mess up. But that's not a barrier to God to welcoming us, smiling at us, and for us to know him. Lord, I thank you that you love us. Would you touch your people with your love afresh and your Holy Spirit that we might serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. And we're going to continue to respond in worship. And I think, I, I really, if, if God has touched you, it'd be really great to be able to pray for you. There'll be people at the back who will be able to pray perhaps a bit more into what God is dealing with in your life at this moment. So it'd be lovely to do that.